What's brewing, ATX? Happy 2020. Mm. We're back for our first episode of the year and are super excited for what's ahead in the WBATX world. Oh, yeah. I'm Ian Grossman, as always, joined by Jonathan Ratcliffe. Hello. And Greg Carlson. Howdy. Thought I'd take a quick minute to thank all of our listeners. It's been amazing to see what started out as just a little idea has turned into, I would say, one of our most exciting parts of the week. What do you guys agree? Yeah. I always look forward to Wednesdays. I know I'm going to be able to get a little cocktail or a beer and (laughs) sit sit with the boys. Yeah. So we hit 39 episodes in 2019, over 3,100 downloads. We've met some of Austin's most amazing people, had great conversations. We made friends, built relationships, and of course, consumed a lot of delicious local beverages along the way. So thank you. To kick off the new year, we're excited to welcome Otis Grigsby. Thank you, Otis, for coming in today. Welcome, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. Otis is an ex-NFL player that is currently a lawyer. And he's a recruiter for Major Lindsay in Africa. More on that later. Mm. We didn't just bring Otis in for his good looks and smarts. He speaks on sports performance and wellness enhancement. And he's active in the community as a mentor, which we'll get into a little bit later. So if you're looking for some inspiration as you begin implementing those lofty 2020 goals that you have, you're in the right place. Yes. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit us with that five-star rating. And be sure to stick around for the weekly brew at the end of the episode. Jonathan's going to hit us with his top list of things to be aware of in 2020. Stay tuned. And on this winter day in Austin, with a high of 80 degrees, we've got some cold brewskis in front of us. So, why don't we talk a little bit about... These beers, so we can crack them open. Today, we're bringing it out to Blanco, Texas, which is about 30 miles southwest of Austin, to a brewery called Real Ale Brewing Company. Their goal is to make their beer with as little processing as possible. They start with water from the nearby Blanco River and use the highest quality ingredients. Greg likes that. He Mm -hmm. likes to make sure that we're using high quality ingredients. I'm stoked for this because Fireman's Four is like my favorite. That's what I was telling you. Oh, yeah. Otis, I was like, surely you've seen Fireman's 4 before, so that's one of their most popular beers that they have in uh, stores and bars. You could actually go out and drink some Fireman's 4 and some of what we're drinking today at their tap room. It's open Wednesday through Sunday. Um, They've got also Devil's Backbone, Axis IPA, Swifty American Pale Ale, and a bunch of seasonal and year-round options. Um, Today we're drinking the Real Ale Lime Ghosts. Mm which is a German-style wheat beer. 4% ABV. Okay, that's all I care about, actually. That's all Otis cares about. Yeah. I told us before that that's all he, that's all he wants. Is just a, I, just look at, I just look at the, 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 the list and it's like, okay, okay, that What's one's got me? like 12%. Give me that. So this yeah. is probably the lower end of the spectrum. Yes, but that's okay. I'll drink it anyway. Uh, it's a slightly sour wheat beer. We usually drink a lot of IPAs on the show, so we switch it up. This is more of a summer option yeah but as we said 80 degrees yes. out nice day today so what do you say we crack these open let's crack them all right oh. cheers 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 right. well, that's oh, that good line. before i, like I even took a sip i tasted wow. the line. yeah it's very lime forward I like yeah that. i wasn't 
I mean, it said lime, but I didn't expect it to be no. so. So yeah. like yeah. a thicker version of a Bud Light lime. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Yeah. I mean, as I was like. A more yeah. flavorful version. As I was put, putting mm. the. Yeah, you can smell it. Yeah, you can smell it and taste the lime. The right? lime makes your lip quiver a little. Is that why that's happening to you? <laughs> I, thought, I just thought you were nervous to get going. Well, I love this company. Yeah. I don't know that I drink a boatload of these. Definitely a summer. One from time to time. Yeah. 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 Summer beer in the, yeah, out on the lake. And I'm going to drink this entire one today. You should. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. As, as will yes. each of us. So. And maybe yeah. another. <laughs> yeah. So. The yeah. questions. Yeah. Oh, guys. Yeah. Get fired up because we're we're gonna we're gonna get to know a little bit more about our our, our guest here today. Um, first and foremost, we'd like to always ask our guests, "What is your story?" Oh, what is my story? Um, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. Um, I am wow. the oldest of four children. Um, we are all scattered around the country now, but. Uh, I would say that, you know, I'm a, a kid who grew up, man, just like drawing, painting, playing sports. Um, you know, I was like the, the kid that would like, I'm trying to figure out ways to make money. I'm cutting the grass, knocking on doors like, hey, your grass is like super high. Like, I can take care of that front and back 20 bucks. Like, what do you say? Yeah, that's <laughs> um, yeah. How can you say no to that? Yeah. 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 You, you know, say, people, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> yeah, give me the money. You know, but some people are pretty upset about that. Um <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I uh, so grew up in San Antonio, uh, went to Judson High School, played football there, um, played a bunch of sports, but football was the sport that really kind of just like I got really good at and uh, had an opportunity to play at the University of Kentucky, uh, ended up playing defensive in there. Uh, we lost more games than I would have liked, <laughs> but, um, you know, had a great experience and uh, got a chance to go to the NFL um, as an undrafted rookie free agent with the uh, Dolphins and, you know, stuck around for about six years. And, and it wasn't like I had like this, it was a really, really hard road um, mm. where essentially, you know, you, you make the team, when you come in as an undrafted free agent, you're, you're a warm camp body. So wait on that. Mm -hmm. The next question is what okay. was it like the day you found out you got signed? Oh, and oh yeah. were you expected yeah. to, to get out there or how did that go? Because I had well, a friend who also went through this process, and it was a, it was very interesting. Well, so was so I'll start with was did I expect to to get picked up? I expected to get picked up, yeah. but you know, um, the, the so the coaches that talked to me, I think it was the Titans, the Steelers, and some other team I can't remember, but they said, yeah, you know, we're gonna we're probably gonna pick you up fifth, sixth, or seventh round. So you know, don't get discouraged if you don't go earlier. But just like keep an eye out. I'm like, okay, great. Um, I didn't get drafted, and I'm just like, WTF? Like, what? What are we just doing? sitting around waiting for the phone call? Well, kind of. I mean, I was so I was an interior design major. Um, so I was working on a project over the weekend, and basically I was just working nonstop. So by the time the draft was over, I didn't really know that phone call came in. I missed the call, and then another phone call came in, and I missed that too. And I went to the restroom. And all of a sudden, these voice messages pop up. First one is like, hey, Otis, this is Clarence Brooks with the Miami Dolphins. Um, I know you're a little disappointed that you didn't, get, you didn't get drafted, but we'd love to have you come in as a free agent. You know, let me know what you think. And at that point, I mean, undrafted free agent, you can go to whatever team you want. Mm -hmm. The Dolphins were the only team that called me. 
So the next call, it's like, hey, Otis, Clarence Brooks, uh, um, man, give me a call back. Like, you know, if we don't hear from you, we're going to move on. <laughs> so I was just like, holy crap. How much like, time? Went? This is a matter of minutes? or I have no idea. Like, I mean, it was just like, because like, both messages came through at the same time. I just didn't have service where I was oh, before. Gotcha. So I'm just like, oh, this could be over before it started. And I call him like, hey, Coach Brooks, Otis, like, how's it going? Like, hey, man, we were, we were about to move on. Like, glad you called. And uh, so, you know, you, you, you go in there and, you know, before I went, I kind of took care of my business. So I, I wasn't drafted. I hadn't graduated yet. So I talked to the school and, you know, the, the athletic department and said, hey, look, I'm going to go down to Miami. I'm going to make this team. But, you know, when I'm done, I want you guys to honor my scholarship and let me finish. And if you're not going to do that, I'm not going to go. And they were like, oh, yeah, no worries. Like, we'll take care of that. So it's like, cool. I'm off to Miami. Get there. You know, you're in the locker room with these Had guys. Had you ever been to Miami before? Never. So from San Antonio to, Kentucky, to Miami. To, or to Kentucky. To, yeah. To Miami. That's a big. Yeah. Like, wow. People are afraid for me. They're like, oh, don't lose yourself down there at the beach. <laughs> don't let the beach own you, Otis. I'm just like, that's yeah, cool. I'm I'm going down there to work. And this is what year? Uh, this was uh, 2003. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So is Jason Taylor, like yes. often at this point. Yes, like all, all like all these Hall of Famers, man. You know, I walked in. Jason Taylor's there. Zach Thomas is there. Brock Marion, who I grew up watching as a Cowboys fan, oh. is is in the locker room, and like, and I'm just like, oh. what do I do? Ricky <laughs> yeah. Williams is there, <laughs> smoking. Like David Boston, like I mean, it was just on and on and on, like these guys, and and I'm like, oh wow, okay, this is this is real, and you know, it was weird because they weren't as big as as you see them on TV. They were right. like, kind of like close to my. They were still bigger than me, but. Yeah. I'm like, they're kind of my size. Like, Not Ricky Williams, but maybe. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky. Jason Taylor is just like a. Yeah. He's I mean, sure. Well, he's, yeah, Jason Taylor was a guy. I mean, he was like, I think they had him listed at about 260, 265 during the season. Like, but he actually was around like 235 at 6'6. Um, mm. And definitely looked like a model in real life. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, like Junior Seau, like, I mean, it was, oh, wow. it was nuts. So, um, I, Obviously, I'm not going to play because there's just so much talent there. But the goal was really just to make the team. And um, I just went out there, and my goal was just to, like, hit guys in the mouth, like, every single day in practice. Like, I don't care who complains. I'm just going to go hard. And, and it, it ended up working out. I stood on the sideline the entire, you know, season. Didn't play a snap. And um, the next year when they cut me, it was this weird experience. Like, I was certain I was going to make the team, but now I'm not on the team. I mean, I'm driving home, like, in a daze. Like, everyone's, like, shocked. Like, the guys on my team were shocked that I got cut. I got in a car accident on the way home. Like, I just changed lanes and just ran into someone. You just You've never been in a car accident before in my life. Just, and I haven't been in since and just ran into someone. Like, I mean, everyone was safe. Yeah. It, it was, it was tough. And, um, you know, I mean, I can keep going on about this whole roller coaster ride, but like, it is a roller coaster. You, you, you get somewhere, you get to know guys, you see guys come in and leave. Sometimes you don't even know they're gone, and um, you know, you, you get hurt. You're you're rehabbing. You're watching guys like I mean, they they audition guys 
like for your job during the season every Monday. So game day happens. Next day they bring guys in <laughs> to work them out. You see them. It's, it's like those guys are defensive ends. Like I, I play defensive end. Like they might be trying to replace me. Yeah. Um, the first thing that, that the GM said to us uh, in Miami, who was Rick Spielman at the time, Rick Spielman brought all the rookies in and he said, hey, guys, um, I want you all to understand that my job, your job is to take food off of someone's table. Like, so every day you're working to take food off of someone's table. My job is to look for your replacement every day. And as long as we understand each other's jobs, we're going to be just okay. And I'm like, oh, game on. Like, okay. That's interesting because you're, instead of looking at, for you, I need to put food on my own table. He's telling you your mindset needs to be take food off of someone else's. Yeah, because someone already has that spot. I need to take it from him. Wow. Yeah. And some guys, you know, like guys like Jason Taylor, were really cool. He he said to me, I don't want you on this team if you're not trying to take my job. Like, I don't want you here. And the other guys, they were so – I mean, I didn't experience that with the Dolphins, but other teams I did – um, they were so worried about competition that they would, you know, like mistreat you. They try to like joke with you in ways that just really wasn't appropriate. Talk yeah. shit about you behind your back. Yeah. Um, and you know that's that's just not that's not going to be helpful for you in the long run because it is a it's a competition and you really need that competition from those guys to to make you be your best. So, if you don't yeah. mind, this wasn't even a question, but what was so from Dolphins you get cut. What was kind of the... So get cut. Um, I end up going the entire season. So the entire 20, 2004 season, I don't get picked up. And usually you think you're going to get picked up, but it just didn't happen. Um, the Falcons... Excuse me. The Falcons picked me up in the off season. So I go through the whole workouts. You know, again, you're kind of going through that whole experience where it's like, oh, crap, Michael Vick is here. Like, this is crazy, right? right? And and um, I'm thinking we're gonna have a great season. I go down to Miami right before training camp, just for like one last little party before the hell ensues. And I get a phone call, two phone calls actually. One, um, so it was the day before I was supposed to report to camp. One was from the Falcons. The other one was from my agent. And I missed both those calls. And I was like, okay, I think I got fired. Like this is <laughs> this is this is not normal. Call my agent. He's like, yeah, the Falcons are moving on. So I got cut a day before camp. Two weeks later, the Falcons bring me back. And then they cut me again, like three weeks later. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was insane. Like, so then I, I went from... My roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, so now, so, you know, and you get back and a lot of guys didn't even know I was gone. So I went through this whole off-season program in the spring and then I get cut, and then they actually went to uh, Tokyo to play the Colts for a preseason game. And, you know, and I get back, and they're like, man, remember that like awesome steakhouse we went to in Tokyo? I'm like, no, bro, because I wasn't there. <laughs> like, I wasn't there. That's crazy. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, so that whole thing happened. Um, I went the entire season not on a team again. So... I didn't want to give up on playing football. My mom was just like, maybe it's time to hang it up. You know, everybody's just telling me, like, it's it's a wrap for you. Um, I I couldn't work a real job because I needed to be ready to go at any moment. And I'm not going to go in and say to an employer, I'm in it for the long haul. Like, no, I'm, I'm a pro football player right now. So 
so you know you do your workouts and then I was working as a substitute teacher at Lilburn High School outside of Atlanta um, some of the some of the girls um, inappropriately called me Senor Pavacito. <laughs> Cat calling me down the hall. In the hall, it was very uncomfortable. Because um, you're still work. You're still work. You're still in, in football playing shape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I am, and and it was. It's weird. Like you got like this. Kids are kids. I, I do not envy parents with teenagers. Man, it, it is it's it's scary, man. Um, but very cool kids. Very smart kids. Um, I also worked as a bouncer at a place called Wild Bills. Yeah. Um, okay. I, know. I grew up. Yeah, yeah. Right so, of the so huge, like country, country western <laughs> dance hall. He went there, dude. I, I knew not to go. But I know, no wild bills. Yeah, man. It was, um, it was, it was an experience. I mean, I had to dress up in the whole cowboy gear. The the women, the the cougars, were just like, oh, cowboy Troy. And I'm just like, that's racist. Um, <laughs> I'm not cowboy Troy. Yeah. Um, but no, anyway, so assless chaps. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's uh, cool. that's the after hours. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's dirty bills late night there. No, um, <laughs> that's a different podcast episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, after dark. Um, so uh, yeah, so I go the entire season again, not on a roster. Um, I get an opportunity to go to. Um, I want to say it's. Actually no. So then I get in, get on with the Panthers, go through camp with them. They cut me. So now I've been cut three straight times. Um, I get sent to NFL Europe. Uh, the Panthers are just like, well, we want to send you to NFL Europe. So I go there, and that was kind of like when my career kind of got a jump start. So I'm over in Cologne, Germany, and the first half of the season, man, I'm not playing. I've got like a like a rib injury that happened not because I was playing football, but because I jumped off of a cliff in the grill, which mm. um, was a stupid thing. I'll do it. Very stupid. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you got you get dared, and it's just like, what are you going to do? <laughs> I've jumped off a really high mm -hmm. bridge before, and it felt like crashing on, on cement. It was how did, how did you How did you land? So I landed on my, like on my tailbone. Okay. But I felt like I broke my tailbone. And then, you know, five minutes later, it kind of goes away. Yeah. And then a friend of mine went behind me, who's a girl, and she landed on her side and actually broke a rib. So yeah. I know the Yeah. I know the experience. I, I thought I was gonna die. Like, I mean, I, I really did, because like I just jumped into the ocean and I'm not a great swimmer. I figured if I I'm this should be easy, I'll I'll get in the I'll land in the pencil water. dive, but no. Pencil dive. But but as you're falling, and for someone who's this is my first time ever diving like this far. As you're falling, like, I mean, I just started to realize, man, this is really far. Like, like I'm thinking in real time, like, I held my breath, but now I need to figure out a way to breathe because there's still more ways to go. And I ended up landing kind of like at an angle, like on kind of on my chest and hit that water so hard. And I'm thinking, I can't breathe. I can't move. This is it. And I was like... <laughs> Okay, no, this can't be it. <laughs> no. So somehow I like make it to the shore and I climb up on these rocks and I just laid there. Like my crotch is on fire from like getting hit there too. I mean, it was just like, it was, it was like full body damage. <laughs> and, and there's a girl all the way at the top and she's just like, are you okay? And I'm just like shaking my head no. 
Like, no, I'm not okay. Like, I'm not okay. So, so I'm in Germany nursing this injury and not playing. Guys are in front of me who I feel like I'm better than, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, and midway through the season, we're playing a game, I believe it was in Berlin, and the guy in front of me has like this, he just flips out on the coach, like, goes like, he doesn't go full with Latrell Sprewell, there's no choking involved, but he's <laughs> cursing the coach out, and the coach tells him to go in the locker room, and, you know, we, he's like, you're in. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I get in, and I, I go from the backup to almost leading the like NFL Europe in sacks in half the amount of games. Wow. So it, it, wow. it, it like, it's like, okay, rebirth. Yeah. Um, I go to camp with uh, the Panthers, and I'm thinking, all right, this is my year. It's happening. They, they cut me. Oh. <laughs> they cut. And then they, they – but they bring me back um, with two games left in the season. So, so in between that time of me getting cut and, and like, them bring me back, I'm thinking, okay, I don't know if my career is over, but I need to actually, like, finish work on finishing school. So I re-enroll at the University of Kentucky with a plan of getting my degree in uh, interior design and then going back for law school whenever football is, like, done, done. And, uh, but then they call me. Oh, and I guess I should also mention, I'm, this is, I'm a little scattered with this story, but at the same time I was running this uh, football skills program called Big Game Football Academy with, uh, like, like, three of my former teammates. Hmm. Um, and that was starting to go pretty well. And, and so when I, I told my, my friends, I'm like, look, I'm going to go back to school. And they were, they were, like, really upset about this whole thing. I told John Fox at the end of the season, I'm gonna go back to the school in the off back to school in the off season. Um, I know you want us all here for workouts, and he's just like, "No, man, don't worry about that." Like, I'm worried about the guys that are gonna sit on the couch, like eating fried chicken and smoking weed. And I'm like, "That sounds racist too." But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but, but like, no, he's totally not racist. He's a great guy, one of my favorite coaches ever. And uh, when I came back, I actually made the team, and and I I, I still wasn't playing much. Um, is Julius Peppers on the team? Julius Peppers is on the team. You you find your way behind these like behemoth it, defensive ends, immovable right. objects. Like there's nothing you can. <laughs> I mean, and he's like the biggest. Like he's I mean, a monster. Yeah, like this guy. I mean, like 305 pounds, <laughs> six six, and ran like at least two tenths of a second faster than me on a 40, 40 time, but wow. probably like three tenths. Like I mean, the dude's insane. So. Um, yeah, so that was hard. And then they also, like, they're bringing guys in. They, they drafted um, Charles Johnson in the third round um, out of Georgia. So, I mean, Charles ended up playing for them his entire career and did really well. But I still somehow, like, found a way to make that team. And um, eventually, week 10, they cut me. And, like, when they – when they, the following year because you got added on two, so, yeah. two games left. And so, yeah, the following year. So I make the team, like, officially – and then week 10, I get cut, and they say, don't worry, we'll bring you back. We just need to like, shore up some issues with our, with our defensive backfield. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. So a week goes by. So they bring me back, but they bring me back on practice squad. And then I'm sitting on practice squad doing the same work, but getting paid a whole lot less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, like, incredibly frustrating. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm patient. Okay, we'll wait. A um, couple weeks go by, no, no movement. 
And then my agent calls me and he's like, hey, got an opportunity in uh, Minnesota. It's an active roster. They need a guy. Do you want it? I've, I've got tape on my ankles. I'm getting ready to go to practice. And I was like, yeah, let's get it. Yeah. So cut the tape off. I go upstairs, talk to Marty Herney, the GM. Marty, appreciate the opportunity. But I'm going to go to Minnesota. And he's just like, well, Otis, you know, that's risky. Like, they don't have to keep you. They only have to keep you for four games. Like, Marty, there are only four games left in the season. So yeah. it, it kind of, like, adds up. It works out. I'm going to go. And uh, I leave. It was, like, 55 degrees in Charlotte. Get to Minnesota. It was five degrees. Like, the the, the air, like, yeah. coming out, walking out of the airport, it, like, just, like, just crushed my lungs. Like, what is this? And At least they played in a dome. Uh, yeah. The, the problem with that dome, though, the, the dome that collapsed, yeah. um, I mean, it didn't collapse on us, but um, the problem with that dome is when it's cold outside and there's snow, they have the heat on in there so that they can melt the snow. That was the way they kept the snow from collapsing the, the, the dome. They heated it. So the, it would get... It was, it was like burn. you're in a tropical setting. Wow. Like, like it was like playing in Miami all over again. But, <laughs> but, but, but you're there with a, with a coaching staff... That doesn't believe in IVs before games. And I don't know how much y'all are familiar with this, but like, mm. so a lot of guys in the NFL party like the night before the game, sure. two nights before the game, which is like really stupid. But then what you'll see is like this train of guys coming in to get IVs before the game, just laid up, just pumping, up. pumping yeah. bags of IV. And I was a guy who just, like, needed the IV because I sweat a lot. I mean, I, one time I lost, like, 15 pounds worth of, like, just fluid. So um, I get there, and it's my first game against the 49ers. I was like, hey, I need an IV bag. And they're like, we don't do that. Like, yeah, just drink Gatorade. You're cool. Like, Gatorade, I'm going to have all this fluid in my stomach. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I made it work, but there were some times where I had to get – one time I had to get rushed to the emergency room. Um, to, to get an actual IV because they had no one on the grounds to, to administer that. So in the NFL, yeah. in the NFL, very very strange. It's like they're they're running they're running in. They're like, you know what? Stop everything. We, you need to tend to us. Which also felt it was it felt cool, but also kind of wrong because there's all these other people waiting and they're just like, move, help him now. <laughs> I'm not even gonna die. I just like can't yeah, yeah. move because yeah. I'm cramped up. But yeah, so mm, wow. so that was uh, and when I finally ended up, so I stayed there for a couple of years. And when they cut me, it was when uh, Brett Favre was coming in. So oh, yeah. so we kind of struggled. We had this great defense, but we had and we had Adrian Peterson, but um, the quarterback situation was was not so great. And they brought Brett Favre in. I'm thinking we're gonna win the Super Bowl. This is this is it. That was an exciting year. Yeah, this is it. We're gonna win the Super Bowl. I'm gonna quit. As soon as we win, like I'm just gonna I'm gonna go to Disney World and I'm gonna go to law school and it's gonna be perfect. And um, they cut me, and they're like, like they cried, like the, the GM cried. They're like, we'll bring you back, and they didn't bring me back. So I uh, went to law school, no Disney World. But anyway. This was that year during the year. Or? That was that was like right. No, I got cut like at the end of training camp. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. We all know in, in high school, you know, depending on the high school you go to, the sports scene is big. When you're a good athlete, you are like God in high school, especially when college comes and, and you're being recruited and especially 
to go to an SEC football school yeah. is a big deal. And then you go to the NFL, big deal. You probably had a lot of humbling experience. Well, you just shared a lot of humbling experiences with us. So what other kind of lessons have you learned or how has is, how is your journey through the NFL impacted your life? Man, up to today. Um, I would say that it's it's taught me to to be patient, um, and it really applies to to what I'm doing now, uh, which is a very new thing in like doing recruiting. Um, it's taught me to to really just you know you got to be patient. You got to give like everything you have without any understanding of like when it's going to convert like like you have no clue i mean you guys know what that's like mm -hmm. right i mean you're oh, yeah. you know like you're you gotta show up every single day do the same thing every single day and get like kicked in the teeth like often Literally. it's just yeah but yeah you're just like and 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 it feels like you should just quit and not only does it feel like you should quit but like your friends, like your family, some of the closest people to you will tell you like, hey, maybe you're not good at this. Maybe this is not for you. Do you know how many other people are trying to do this? Like, and you apply it to like anything. Do you know how many other people are trying to like get like go to law school? So like before I went to law school, people were telling me it's too hard to get into, into law school. And then when I got in, like, they're like, how did you get into that school? I'm like, well, I didn't listen to you, for one. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but somebody's got to get in, right? Somebody's got to get in. Like, I'm only one person. I only need one ticket to the show. So so it's like you, you realize those things. And then, you know, following law school, it's, it's, well, there are no jobs. You know, when I graduated, it was 2013. So we were, we were improving in the legal market. I mean, there was a period, uh, I believe it was, so when the markets crashed in 2008, everyone suffered. And then law firms started rescinding offers to law students that were coming out. Hmm. Partners were getting fired. Like, I mean, there was just a huge contraction in the market. And everyone's like, why would you, like, you're not going to get a job, you know? And so, again, same deal. It's like patience. You know, you show up every day. I got to do something different from what everyone else is doing. So how am I going to find a job? I'm going to go out there and talk to lawyers. I'm going to, like, email them. I'm going to call them. Like, I'm going to invite them to lunch. I'm going to ask them out for coffee and, and, and just try to get to know them, right? Build the relationships. Build the relationships. Um, grind. So I think, I think playing the NFL just taught me, you know, how to grind, how to be patient, how to, how to really just, you know, not worry about, like, like what if I get fired? Who cares? I mean, getting I got fired so many times. It's just, and when they fire you in the NFL, they, they give you a sheet of paper that has, like, five reasons why you could have gotten fired. And then they check one of the boxes. Like, that's so lazy, right? It's like, yeah. it's like yep, you're not good enough. And they all announce <laughs> that you're not good enough. And I'm like, oh, I was good enough, like, two weeks ago, but today I'm today. not. So you, 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 get, you gain some perspective and, and things just don't matter as much as far as like failing. Um, How much politics are involved in it? Plenty. And, you know, I think that's probably where I, where I kind of had my missteps. Um, you know, I noticed that there were some guys who, who stuck around a really long time. And it's like, they're not really performing on game day. Like, this guy's playing for 15 years. Like, what is he doing? 
he's just on on special teams. I didn't realize like I, I thought well, that guy's just a kiss ass, you know. But really, he's just smart. Like he knows that the special teams coach is like one of the most underappreciated coaches. And if you can not only get to know him, but then perform well for him, he's like keep your he is your he's gonna advocate for you. And and like that's gonna help you. It's a and, game. and even if you get cut, like he's gonna continue to advocate for you once you're gone. He he's gonna get cut, he's gonna get fired, and he's gonna go somewhere else and he'll bring you on. Like it, it yeah. is so I, I totally totally uh, missed out on that, and that's you know nothing I can do about it, but yeah, it's very political. Interesting. So all those years that you had to stay in shape, stay play ready, um, we read that you are very into the health and wellness scene. Can you give the listeners a quick little blurb? Otis's take on, you know, beginning of the year, everyone's setting their health and fitness goals. What do you, what tidbit can you give the listeners just about nutrition and maybe a workout routine to not just stay in NFL shape, but just to kick off your your new year's goals tidbit um read the four hour body by tim ferris um it's a fantastic book it's a quick read and i mean he he really does break it down in a way that just makes sense it's you don't have to kill yourself with a workout right it's just about like how you're working out so you know if you spend if you have two 30 minute workout sessions a week and your your exercises say you have like five different exercises um, you want to do something that's heavy and, and something that's to the point where you're going to just burn out. If you're not burning out your muscles, then you're not getting the, the, the best opportunity to maximize your growth in that, in that session. And then so once you burn your muscles out, then you give your body a rest because that's when you have to recover. And that rest means like time and also means like going to bed. It also means like, you know, unfortunately not drinking so much real ale, you know, um, Today's the exception. Yeah, today's the exception. Um, but yeah, it's, it's diet um, for sure. And so in the book, he talks about it's super boring. And people, like, when, when you tell people to do this, they're just like, there's no way I can do this. You meal prep, you cut out, you know, a lot of like the, the carbs, the junk, and you just eat the same food every single day until cheat day, where you eat whatever you want. And it's insane. It's it's fun, and it's like to the point where you're like getting sick, and you know, ice cream and pizza, and yeah. hot dogs. And then you and then you track and then you track you track your growth, and you and you do it in a way where it's not it's not like what did the scale say today? It's like you you get a tape measure, you measure your biceps, you measure around your legs, you measure around your waist, you measure around your chest, like, and you track that growth, and you do it with a friend in competition. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So the first time I did that was with um, the uh, CEO of, the, of a company I was with uh, called Players Health. And um, the loser had to wear a dress for the day. Um, <laughs> in, in public? In public, that's yeah. so funny. In public. Um, oh, my gosh. I've got photos of that. Um, it, it was... Yeah, you actually... Were, you were a loser or you were... I, I won. Good. But, but like, so... We were preparing for for demo day at TechStars, and and he's he has to he has to like pitch right, so he didn't have time to get the dress. So I went and got the dress. I went to Target. I'm like, I don't know where to get a dress. So let's let's make it cheap. Let's go to Target. Yeah, very nice dresses at Target, by the way. Um, 
and, uh, and, I, and so I had to try the dresses on. We're close to the same size, so I'm trying the dresses on to see if it's gonna fit him. I don't want him like exposed or anything down down below. And um, and I did take a picture of myself in the dress, and it was pretty funny. But it actually worked in his favor. Like when when you're in Boulder, Colorado, and you're wearing a dress, like people respond pretty well to that. Oh, like sure. people were stopping, like, "Hey, man, I don't know what what your what your message is there, but I I dig it, man, I dig it." <laughs> <laughs> It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So you're lucky if you were like this breakout superstar, you might have had some paparazzi and Target following you. Oh, oh yeah. And what's this guy doing? What's that could have been bad. Yeah, he's, he's shopping for dresses all he, over social. Is he stepping down his girl? <laughs> no, he's just this trying these on for himself. <laughs> all right, four hour four hour body. Do you still follow most of? Yeah, mo- yeah, I do. Um, it's it, it can be hard to stick with, but um, for the most part, yeah, I stick with that. Okay. What um, what golden nuggets? We're give you a choice here. You can either talk the NFL or the lawyer route. Okay. Uh, would you give somebody that's looking to enter, you know, either law school or or the NFL? What kind of golden nuggets? Okay. To pass on to them. Okay, so. I'll start with people thinking about going to law school. Make sure you're going for the right reason. You know, um, if you're going to law school because you think you're going to make a bunch, bunch of money, because your parents want you to go, because you're trying to impress, like, you know, your fiance or something, um, just don't. Save your money. It's, I mean, you're, you're committing to anywhere between $50,000 and $200,000 in debt if you don't have a scholarship or if you don't have the money to pay for it. Um, and then you're also foregoing, you know, anywhere between 150000 and, you know, I don't know, $400,000 in income, depending on whatever it is you're doing for three years. It's, it's, it's not for everyone. And then once you actually become a lawyer, then, like, that's when all the work starts, right? You now know nothing. Um, you're the low man on the totem pole. And um, it's a grind. Yeah. And, and like, it's something that, that you, you don't have to do for the rest of your life, but, like, if you don't do that, now you have to decide what is it I'm going to do. And a lot of people end up continuing to practice law because they're trying to pay off those those student loans. Yeah. Or or even maybe you're getting close to paying off your student loans, but then you get married and you have some kids, you get a house, and it's like, I'm really stuck. So make sure you really want to be a lawyer. <laughs> like that, that's that's the advice I'd, I'd have for for um, you know incoming law students. Yeah, yeah, and I think it applies for like a lot of different things too. I mean, um, for the NFL, dude, man, it's it's if you're fortunate enough to be in a position where you can actually like try out for an NFL team, um, I would say, man, what's the number one advice? Get to know the special teams coach. <laughs> it's almost like prison prison rules. I feel like you know, like. You know, you find, like, the biggest guy and you hit him. Like, I mean, you don't want to hit him for real, but you, you, you want to go out there in practice. The first time that there's, like, you got full pads on and it's full speed, and you want to crack someone's head. Like, I mean, and, and I know, you know, we don't, everyone's like, oh, head injuries. and like, Hit someone hard and then hit him again and then hit him again. Put on tape that this guy is relentless. He is never ever ever going to give in make some noise huh? make some noise like show up early leave late ask bunches of questions like talk to your coaches like do the politics thing 
but put put the good stuff on film and um, and and be consistent and and then you know stay away from the women. <laughs> Distracting, huh? The distractions. They, they actually talk about that in books a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a problem for like all men. I mean, I love women, but you know, we're we all have to be wary of the distractions. Sorry, yeah, sorry for all the ladies, for the ladies listening. Um, <laughs> I think one of the things you said that you brushed over a little lightly is ask questions and, and I mean, picking on or finding some of the top guys. And I don't know how receptive they are to answering questions, but I would imagine that's a huge thing. Just learning from yeah. people that are much better than you. Yeah, and you know, like when you ask questions, it it makes people like you more, right? Because you're you're talking, they get to talk about their experience, what they know, um, and if the guys on the team like you, there's a better chance of making the team. Like Steve Smith, for instance, I remember him threatening a guy, um, this guy Stanley McClover, threatened him, told him, "Bro, you need to just correct the way you're coming at me because I will get your ass." I'll get you cut from this team right now. If I wanted to, I could walk into Marty Herney's office and tell him I don't want him on the team and you'd be gone. He's like, that's how much power I have. And and Stanley laughed, but I'm I'm listening to this thing. I'm like, I think Stanley knows that what he's saying is true. And that's only true for a certain a certain number of guys, but like you gotta have the guys behind you because mm-hmm. you know, these are the ones that are, they're your teammates, right? So yeah. yeah. So being a lawyer in Austin. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've got some interesting stories or work, you know, work stories to hear about. Sure. Can you share anything? <sighs> what can I share? Um, all right. So I started out practicing law in Cincinnati. I was there for three years, and I, a recruiter actually, is the reason why I ended up in Austin. Reached out to me. This woman called me three times. The first, first couple times I'm just like man I wish she would just stop the third time she called I'm like this is never going to end so I answer the phone and talk to her she tells me there's like an, like three opportunities in Austin and I'm thinking great I can get back to Texas I've been coming to South by Southwest the last like four years so this is like the opportunity I've been looking for um, I get here and I want to say the so I was at Pillsbury and the work that I was doing was very different from what I was doing in Cincinnati. So I started out doing trademark work, um, so a little corporate work, um, a little privacy and security, but you know, now I'm doing technology transactions. And what I was used to with TechTrans was like kind of like, um, you know, we're doing like a, a software deal where someone's like a vendor deal between, you know, so it's like some little small vendor deal two, three pages, I get in and now I'm working on a deal for Morgan Stanley and it's like outsourcing, it's an outsourcing deal. So we're trying to figure out who's gonna get the bid for their IT you know, operations um, overseas and you know, IBM's at the table and all these like huge companies and, and they want this deal done like by Christmas and it's like, uh, late October. So a deal that requires 150 plus documents, six months of, of time to do. And it's just like, we want it done now. And, and I'm just like throwing the fire. It was insane. I mean, 
it's it's pretty boring, I think, to most people. So I'm, not, I'm trying to find like the, the interesting, exciting nuggets there. But as far as the work's concerned, it's just it's just work, man. You read the contracts, like there's negotiations going back and forth. You know, there are people who make ridiculous, you know, suggestions on things that they want. And then, you know, you kind of like have to find a way to play people against one another to, to kind of get, you know, the deal that your client wants, something that's best for your client. Um, but then there was kind of fun. Like the office was just really fun, like hanging out with the partners, the, you know, drinking and going to like live music shows, things like that. Like it's a, Austin's a cool town to be in, to be a lawyer um, because people aren't as buttoned up. Yeah. You know, you, you come in the office, guys are wearing like shorts sometimes. I was never, I wasn't a guy who could wear shorts in the office, but no one's wearing a tie. Um, it, it just, it was a cool vibe and, and I definitely like that. So yeah. So, uh, actually you were, did you meet Otis at the, um, happy hour? I did. He gave me dating advice on my hinge app. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. And it worked. Did it work? Yeah. You, you know what? Let's, can we talk about that? Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's tell me. Let's talk about it. Cause we, well, I had a Christmas picture up next to a tree and it was like the middle of summer. He goes, great. You got to get rid of that Christmas picture. <laughs> I was like, shoot, you're right. Yeah. You know, it's worked. It's paid it off. It was good. Yeah. All of a sudden people start messaging me back now. It's just great. It's the one of you yeah, and a Speedo, up right? Yeah, up to date. Yeah. Speedo? And then he said, what? It's you and a Speedo. I'm not wearing no Speedo. Oh. What the heck? That was a different picture. <laughs> no, no, no picture ever. Doesn't even own a Speedo. What the heck? Don't need to wear a Speedo. I've got a couple of Speedo things. <laughs> Great. Trying on Speedos at, at, uh, at Target. Yeah. <laughs> well, holy smokes. Well, we met you at a happy hour yeah. that was in partnership with You Supplies. It's a local nonprofit. Um, what ways do you give back to the community or get involved in the community, um, I guess, here in, in Austin? Um, I think the thing that I'm, I'm most passionate about is, is young people. So, um, so, so the younger the better because I feel like you, you, there are a lot of well-intentioned adults who give kids like really crappy advice. Mm -hmm. And it's usually like, you know, adjust your expectations, you know, prepare to fail. So, uh, you know, examples, you know, I went over to, um, to Lighthouse and met some kids a while ago and, you know, just talking to them about like, what do you want to do with your lives? Right? Like these kids are, you know, they're, they're, they were on the streets, you know, they come from homes where you know, things were really difficult and, and they're, they're given like the second chance and, and all of them have dreams. But, you know, you hear them talk about them and, and they're kind of hedging already at like 16, 15, 17. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of scary, but it's like some adult who should know better is telling them, well, you know, that probably won't work out, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm like, look, prepare, you know, get the education, like go to school, do all that stuff, you know, that you're supposed to do. But like, if you want to be a rapper, like... I don't even see your music on Go SoundCloud, on right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, like record it. You have an iPhone. Like, you can do anything with this phone. Put it on SoundCloud. Share it online. Like, do this stuff. Oh, you you sing? Cool. Like, sing for us right now. Let's mm -hmm. do this. Like, get comfortable with being right. uncomfortable. So, like, things like that I love. Um, you know, I, I spent some time. So, as a lawyer, I worked with startups. And that's kind of what got me, like, excited about startups, which led me to start a startup that did not work out. 
Um, but it was a fun experience, and then I ended up joining a startup. But like now, I I just counsel startups as much as I can. So the latest was at uh, Div Inc. Um, it's a it's a a minority and women owned um, like startup focused accelerator in mm -hmm. town, and uh, we just went through our fifth cohort, um, and it was just really cool just having all these people come in from around the country and and helping them you know build their company, test it out, figure out what's what's working, what doesn't work, and and uh, I, I really enjoy that too. Yeah. Nice. So, um, do you have any? We always like to ask our guests to share. Do you have any books? Um, inspirational mentors, podcasts you listen to that are to kind of drive you. Okay. Yes. Um, I love Tim Ferriss. Um, I love his books. I don't listen to his podcast that often, but I love his books. I um, I'm convinced that we're going to be best friends someday. When I saw that he moved to Austin, I'm like, okay, there's more confirmation. Greg's been trying to get him on. Yeah, I believe I messaged him a few times. I believe you're gonna make it happen eventually. I saw him outside of um, Last Draw um, during South by last year, and um, he was with a, I assume he was his girlfriend or whatever. And I wanted to say something to him like, "No, I'll I'll see him another time. It's cool." So Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, love him. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Big Gary V. Love yeah. yeah. Love him. Uh -huh. Um, I got to meet him in Austin. He was he was here last. We saw time. him. We went. We didn't meet him. But yeah. We went. Okay. To, how'd you meet with him? On it. I met him at so there was an event and was it last South by or the South by before? Oh, Either way, it was oh, there was yeah. So there was an event. Um, Andy Roddick Foundation. They did like a, a pickleball tournament at some oh. house, and these guys that I met randomly were like, "Hey, we're helping put on this event. Do you want to go?" And I'm like. Sure, okay. And then I get there and I'm just kind of hanging around like, holy shit, that's Gary V. What? And the girl next to me is like, she she hears me say this and she's like, yeah, do you want to meet him? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, like just like two months before that, um, actually, yeah, actually it was a month before that, someone, someone came up to us at a booth. We had our, so Players Health had a booth set up in Minneapolis during Super Bowl week. And she's like, have you ever heard of Gary Vee? And I was like, yeah, I love Gary Vee. And she's like, cool, well, he's got this like really big event uh, for the Super Bowl. Um, you guys would be great to have a booth there. And I'm like, yeah, we'd love to have our booth. It, it, like, that sounds awesome. And then she's like, well, you know, it's only going to cost you uh, $25,000. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, well, we, 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 we can't do that. And she's like, well... How'd you feel about fifteen thousand? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of I'm like, man, we couldn't remove a couple of those zeros. We couldn't afford a thousand dollars right now. So, so let's just um, like, if you can do free, then that'd be great. And she's like, no, that's not gonna work. I'm like, don't worry. Like, I feel very confident that I will meet Gary V, and ultimately we will be friends. And then like a month later, I end up meeting him. Like, and, and when I met him, he was super cool. He's asking me questions, just like you know what you expect. Yeah. And then, you know, we go our separate ways, and then, like, I'd say about 20 minutes later, the same girl comes up to me, and she's like, hey, do you want a picture with Gary V? I'm like, yeah. Like, you were totally reading my mind. Like, why didn't I get a picture with this dude? So, yeah. So, anyway, um, love Gary V. Love Tim Ferriss. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peterson. I don't know. Dude. Okay. 12 Rules, 12 Rules for Life, I believe is the name of the book. Um, 
it is, this guy is like, you want to learn about like being a man, like, and, and like check in on like, how am I doing as a man? Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. I like that yeah. idea. Yeah. I'm going to break that down. It's like, get, it's like getting back to just like the, the basics of like being a man. Um, real simple stuff, but sometimes difficult to, to, you know, be consistent on. Um, and then, um, let me think, what's another book? Uh, oh, dude, so I can't remember the name of the, the uh, author, but it's a book called um, Love Yourself as If Your Life Depends on It. And it's like a super quick read. Like the audio book, I think, is maybe like 90 minutes. Um, it's a $3 book on Audible. And it's, it's a pretty straightforward concept where... You know, this guy talks about how he got over some severe depression by basically just, yeah, that's Kamal it. Kamal Ravikant. Yeah. Rava what? Ravikant. Oh, Kant. So he got over a depression and... Mm-hmm. Got over... <laughs> what? <laughs> um... <laughs> I feel like we're in an episode of Beavis and Butthead right now. Like, this is nice. This <laughs> um, is definitely Butthead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's cool. I mean, feel free to keep that. That's, that's pretty funny. Um, anyway, yeah, so he goes through this extreme depression, and, and he gets over it by just over and over and over again telling himself that he loves himself. Like, and then asking himself questions like, if, if I truly and deeply love myself, would I do this to myself? Would I spend time with this person? Would, and like, and it's, it's like magic, man. When you like, when you start telling yourself, I love yourself, it's like a weird feeling that like just kind of just intensifies over time and like good things happen. And, and I don't know, man, I think that for you to be in a position to, to be able to overcome a lot of adversity to 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 be patient you've got to be in community with people and it's hard to be in community with people if you don't love yourself because you have to truly love the people around you but how do you do that when you don't truly love yourself so i it's a, i think it's another really good book to just you know dive into quickly have like it's like a new practice and then you know execute on easily and um so yeah that's one i recommend and it looks like it's only 68 pages so it's probably oh, wow. read. yeah an hour and a half yeah nice. yeah i mean you can read it faster than you can listen to it for sure yeah cool. um so yeah i'm sure there's like plenty more but you know those, those are some nice. good ones to start with so we did a little research on you mm, mm. of course yeah oh, Lord. we found out that uh you're actually ranked top two percent Madden. <sighs> yeah. Do you think that, about that yeah. your football career has helped you in, in that realm? Do you think that playing football helps you in Madden? Or other... Uh, so first players? off, I, first off I, I feel like I'm an above average Madden player. Yeah. And it's yeah. incredibly hard to get to any sort of rankings. I mean, I don't play enough to, mm-hmm. to be working the online ranking, but... yeah. That that must have taken some time. Yeah, it's taken some time, which is why I'm taking some time away from all of Madden. <laughs> yeah. um, but like the next time I, I really dive into Madden, it's gonna be because I'm finding a way to, to turn that into content. So, you know, 
streaming it, recording it, um, sharing like tips and advice on it. Just yeah. and and you know even like friendly wagers, right? There's there's websites out there now where you can sure gamble on your games. Like you know, it's like so that's so I think that would be fun. But um, did my football experience help with that? I'm not sure, man. I mean, I mean the only thing that I would say that that's helped with it is from football is like this persistence because you lose a lot before you yeah. start winning. I mean, and when you lose on Madden, it's like, it can be pretty demoralizing. Like these, <laughs> these grown men in most cases are behaving like children. It is the first thing that can, I mean, it's the one thing that can instantly raise my blood pressure. Yeah. That, and it's worse than any other game. And it happens consistent. Even if I'm winning, I realize like I'm kind of worked up. Yeah. Because we play all the time at the house. I have a roommate right now that's getting ready to move out. But yeah. before he's moving out, it's like, let's get as many Madden games as we can play. <laughs> Dude, it is, it's intense. So, But 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 you got to have some insight from football. I mean, knowing how to read a defense, what's a cover two? What do you go against that? Do you go to the slam route? Do you, you know what I mean? Like, if they're playing man up, you're going deep. Like, you got to know. X's and O's. Well, this is, this is the tough part about it, though, right? Like, I played defense. So I, I never had to, like, I knew what my role was, but it was, most of the time, it was it was focused on the D-line role. Yeah, I see. So so, so I never had to, like, think about, like, what offensive plays are going to work against what coverages. Okay. So really, I ended up getting good at Madden because, well, one, I, I did the tutorial, right? Like, so every, every Madden game yep. has changes that are designed to make it feel different, but also... It changes the whole game. So now on this one, the running game yeah. has a much better focus. It's key, yeah. And and you can't run the same way on Madden 20 as you did in 19, or you won't do well. Right. And and also you have to understand like the things like the X factors, right? So if I'm using the Vikings and I've got Dalvin Cook, don't run sweeps because he has his benefit is an inside zone. If you don't pay attention to like those little details, yeah. then you're you're not you're not gaining the benefits that they're like building in for you. So really, it's more like research. You know, you watch like these videos online. So if someone's like destroying me with like this stupid like um, three man front cover four, where it looks like I should be able to like run all over him, but then he like brings down his DBs and and then like. I try to do a play action, but like he's intercepting my passes, yeah. but then I try to run and he's like tackling me for a loss. And it's like, okay, what do I do? And then you go on there and it's like, doo -doo 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 -doo. you know, and like someone has an answer for it. It's like yeah. there's an answer for it. And then you just like implement that and then you learn and then someone comes with a new little stupid little trick and then you beat, you find out how to beat that and eventually you know all the stupid tricks and, and you just start, you start doing games. it to someone else. I got, yeah, yeah. yeah you start I, I got one defensive play, cover two. Um, cover to um, contain. Okay, and my roommates can't beat. I just literally picked mm. the same one. I'm like, if you guys aren't going to figure out how to beat this, I'm going to keep doing the same. And thing. you should. And you should. It, and, it, and it can be a hard one to, to defeat. Um, That's fun. But that, but that one, you would use the corner route, um, which would be good if you had like the Vikings because with Thielen, you can do a, a yeah. higher corner route. And anyway. That's fun. Okay. <laughs> Quick draw game. So we can knock knock through this. Quick draw. Quick draw. We're going to yeah, see right. what your style is like. Okay. Okay. First thing. Style like clothes or like just. Yeah. What do you like to wear? Uh, all, all around. Okay. Style okay. Basis. This is. We're going to just touch on so many yep. things. Okay. First thing that appeals to you, shout it out. 
Ready? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Pilates or yoga? Yoga. East side or downtown for food? East side. Barbecue or vegan? (laughs) 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 Barbecue. <laughs> Sorry, he's a football player. I mean, no, like, wait, real quick. I, I, I went vegan for like six weeks. Yeah, so And like the so first, you are you still doing it? Uh, no, I, I'm like seventy five percent plant based. I don't do it full time, dude. Like, no, like, I felt amazing the first three, four weeks, and then I felt terrible. And then I was like, yeah. gaining weight. It was weird. Like, like, I, I was losing weight. I you lost my muscle. Just like kind of looked soft. I was I was looking soft, but like in my stomach, it was fluffy. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's mainly because like you know the vegan lifestyle. They tell you, well, you're hungry, so it's like you're eating the potatoes and the bread. And yeah. Like, and next thing you know, it's just like, you got you got to be well researched doing that shit. I'll say that. Yeah. You can't right. just go into it. I mean, Austin's the one place you could do it, but you got to know. And, and here's my plan. Yeah, and people will tell you. I know we're doing rapid fire. Sorry, like, this is. It's all right. I get like super excited about this. Um, people will tell you that well, the strongest man in the world is a vegan. It's like okay, sure, yeah, but like you do not understand how much effort it takes to be that strong and be vegan. It's possible. Yeah. It just that's his life. It that's his just, life. Yeah. That's his job. He wakes up. He does like you're not gonna do that. Like you're gonna just be like a soft, you know. Kind of, anyway, game changers got you too, didn't it? For a little bit. No. Okay. The, what, the what? Game Changers movie? Did it get you for a little bit? Oh, um... On Netflix. Or, or I saw, I saw, a, di- I saw a different... I think it might have been Force Over Knives. Yeah. Whichever one it was where they were talking about how much water it took to produce a pound of beef. I think um, that was Force Over Knives. Yeah, that got me. So that and the fact that we're, we're basically taking half of the food that's produced and feeding it to livestock... Well, you've got starving people around the world. That that had a big impact on me, and that's why I went vegan. Like, I mean, if you ask me how I feel about animals being slaughtered for me to eat, that does not bother me because, well, you know, circle of life. That's how you eat animals. Circle of life. I mean, animal, animals literally do <laughs> that to each other. No. So yeah. Anyway, so that's that's I I still struggle yeah. with that. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, things like Impossible, the Impossible Meat, and um, Beyond Burger like helps change that, but anyway, so yeah, right on. barbecue. Back on rapid fire. Okay, uh, Xbox or PlayStation? Xbox. Oh, Good call. Man. That's what I'm talking about. Downtown condo <laughs> or ranch? Oh Ooh. man, downtown condo. So I okay. Can, can I, I explain? explain? <laughs> no, I can't explain. No. Nope. Right now in your life, downtown or ranch? I'm going to say downtown, but can I explain why? Okay. All right. I'm, I'm yeah, breaking all yeah, those rules. I'm so sorry. No, okay. So look, okay. Yeah. The only reason why I say this is because I think that going back to community, you if you have access to more people, you're going to be better off. Like we're, we're designed to be in community and like cities are the engine for that. So, so I don't want to be, I don't want to miss out. So the closer I am to the city, that's the best, the better, but like. FOMO. I get it. Uh, not necessarily FOMO, but I like, <laughs> not, I like, not, yeah. in, not in the... Yeah, but anyway, sorry. I will try my best to let this rapid fire actually like stay rapid. I'm All good. Kidding. That's helpful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Regular books or audio books? Audio books. Okay. Long distance runs or wind sprints? <laughs> uh, I hate running. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just get it over with. Yeah, let's just make it sprints. Yeah. Yeah. Best place for breakfast? 
in Austin. My kitchen. Ooh. Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll be looking for the invites. Yeah. Yeah. Best Breakfast. date spot. Best date spot in Austin. That's not your kitchen. Um, the um, man, what's the uh, skate the skate center um, south? What's it called? It's not Playland. It's um, Austin Roller Rink or something like that. Oh, Let's go oh. with that. Yeah, Austin Roller Rink. BYOB on Tuesday nights. It's uh, you know like the adult night. Okay. You want to impress a girl? That's so much fun. Take her roller skating. Like you're gonna take her back to her childhood. Like it's it's a winner. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Look, a hidden talent that no one knows about. Hidden talent. PG rated. No, it doesn't. Does it? No, it does not. Any hidden talent. Don't start twerking. I mean. Oh man! Rapid fire. This is a hard one. Um, hmm. Can you lick your elbow? No, can't lick my elbow. Tell you what. Look, I so I don't know if this is a talent, but I love karaoke. Yeah. And I'm like good enough to not get booed off the stage or not have people looking at me like, "Why did you waste our like." Last three minutes, so. So just hit us with your song. Yeah, really. Yeah. My my go to is uh, "Should Have Been a Cowboy." Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. How's it going? Should have been. Should have yeah. been a cowboy. Yeah. Should have learned to rope and ride. Wearing my six shooter, riding my pony on a cow drive. <laughs> He's yeah. definitely from Texas. young girls' hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Gene and Roy singing those campfire songs. Oh, I should have been a cowboy. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I love that That's song. Good. I love Toby Keith. Best uh, item you've purchased under a hundred dollars. That's a Tim Ferriss question right there. Let's see. Um mm, which is why I should have an answer for you. Um oh, I bought so one of those um, microphones, like it's a sure microphone that plugs into your to your iPhone. Yeah. They retail for like one fifty, mm-hmm. but I found it on Craigslist for seventy five bucks, mm-hmm. and the sound quality is unreal. I mean, it's so good, it's so versatile, and I feel like this thing is going to be a big part of like my twenty twenty and beyond because like I just want to just speak more and do more stuff like this like what you guys are doing and uh, so i would say it's the best it's the best purchase it's pulling me out of my comfort zone so, okay yeah. nice awesome Love that yeah. all right Woo! okay we did we it we did it that brings us to our weekly brew <clears throat> do it better the weekly brew 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 we have some explosions <laughs> <laughs> so in light of the new decade this is our first podcast of the decade. We thought it would be appropriate that our first podcast of the year highlighted some news and things to look forward to in 2020. So we'll kick that off with the U.S. presidential election in November of this year. Mm. Start researching your candidates now so that you're well-informed and ready for election day. and You're not coerced by some Facebook and Instagram and weird ads online. Fake news. Yeah. Good call. Fake yeah. news. Who do you guys got going? We won't actually. Uh, that. So, wait, we're not gonna. We're not gonna go there. Elon Musk showed off, <laughs> showed off his happy dance at his reveal in China. 
<laughs> of Tesla's huge expansion into their market saying, this will be our highest demand for Teslas yet. Mm. So, have to visit China. we'll see. And, wow. by the way, I freaking sold my Tesla stock yeah. um, way too early. It is in the 500s now. And let's wait, just bro, say, 500? Oh, well, well it's not we now. I mean, it's just you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox <laughs> Series X consoles will be coming out later this year. For all you gamers out there, you'll be interested in that Xbox. I'll be interested in the PlayStation. Mm -hmm. More locally, only three days into the new year, Austin had its first bank robbery. Mm -hmm. Sad. Wow. Sad. wow. How much money was taken? I'm not exactly sure. Okay. I think that's still under investigation. Someone had some ambitious New Year's resolutions, eh? Yeah, hey, hey. Austin <laughs> FC Soccer Club tickets are going on sale any day now. So they just put up club oh, yeah. level seats for VIPs recently. I think it was last week. Um, next up are all of us normal peasants in the regular stand. So stay tuned for those coming out here soon. And most important for Austinites, in more sources than just one, it's reported that Austin will um, have. A top spot for growth in the housing market in 2020. So one, mm. keep coming. What do you guys think of all this? Of all this news, all this 2020 big news. year ahead. Um, well, let's see. The Cybertruck. I'm mm. I'm super pumped about. Yeah. The truck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gonna get one? I don't know. I mean, hopefully. When does it come out? Like a year from now? It's 2022, but so yeah, there could be something cooler by then. Like, just I, don't throw anything at the window. Yeah, I, I, I feel that was that was pretty awesome. It's like do it again. Like, no, don't, don't yeah. do it again. You're gonna totally break the other window. They're they're the same glass. But um, no, I, I'm super pumped about that. I just don't know if there's always something new coming out. Like by the time right. that one comes out, someone will have something better. I hear Rivian's got like Rivian looks really good. Yeah, yeah. So on that PlayStation Five, I was I'm not like a huge gamer, but I like the sports games, the FIFA, the, the Madden from time to time. Uh, and I was about to buy one, a PlayStation 4, this for because I saw this awesome deal mm. um, for for the winter sale, you know. Mm. And I was like, that's got to mean they're coming out with another. And I Googled it, and of course, the PlayStation 5 is coming out next this year. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to hold off. Yeah. Because it's going to be some crazy new technology and Good call. for the next few years. So anyway, cool stuff. I'm fired up about that football club soccer yeah. tickets, man. And then of I'm course, on the list. You're on the list, right? I'm on Are the you list. on the list? I'm not on the list. Okay. I mean, maybe should I go? Something on the list? to consider for clients. It's I might a fun get event. Oh. Yeah. I do like soccer. I mean, it was my first sport. I quit um, after the season, but yeah. I'm, hey, I'm a fan. Bring people together yeah. here in Austin. It's gonna be awesome. Okay. Well, I mean, y'all are. If we get tickets, we'll invite you to the game. I I would appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I mean, y'all are into real estate, though. I mean, like, there was that whole news about that. That's what I was about to get to. Okay, good. That's good. Um, if you're on the fence, don't be on the fence. Hop the fence. Hop it. I like that. Well, people, for, for probably the last few years, a lot of people that have been on the fence have been, like, waiting for things to dip. Yeah. And they haven't. No. And there's no signs of it this year. Not to say anything yeah. can happen. Austin Business Journal just put out an article. There's no signs. In Austin, None. for sure. Yeah. Either. But... but Anyhow, who has the crystal ball? 
Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast with Mr. Otis Grigsby, NFL veteran and matchmaker of lawyers and law firms. And we trust you are inspired to the moon and beyond. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you are tuning in from. We'd love a five-star rating. And be sure to check us out on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX, as well as follow Otis at OtisGrigsby18 on Instagram. Until next time, Austin, cheers. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thank you.